theyeshiva.net. Thank you very much to Nishmaseno, my dear friends, leading this incredible organization for families, parents with children of special needs. And it's really my privilege and pleasure to be able to address all of you as part of Nishmaseno, our soul. I'm going to try to be very practical today and address a few particular items that deal with attitudes of parents, families, who were given this challenge, this struggle, this this mission, this shlichus. Everybody knows the source of this is in Zohar, that Avram and Yitzchak embodied two distinct qualities in Avodah Hashem, in our service of God. Avram embodies Chesed, and Yitzchak embodies Gvura. The Zohar says Avram Avinu represents Avram embodied, Avram hot Fargishtelt, Avram represented the quality of love and kindness and benevolence and generosity and affection. At Yitzchak, the Zoyar HaKadosh says, embodied the quality of Gvura. Gvura is discipline, Gvura is strength, Gvura is boundaries, <coughs> Gvura is internal fortitude. And these are the first of the two patriarchs, the two Avais, the founding fathers, quite literally, of Klal Yisrael, of the Jewish people. And in fact, it says in many Svarim that their wives balanced them out. Sarah represented more Gvura. She was the counterbalance of Avramavinu. The Zayar says, Ezer Kenegdoi. She helped him by being different than him. Kenegdoi by actually being the opposite of him. Because Avram was Chesed and Sarah was more Gvura. She had that inner strength. Avramavinu wanted Yishmal in the house. He wanted Hagar in the house. He wanted everybody in the house. And, and Sarah said that some, sometimes it, it, it's too dangerous for Yitzchak. We can't. You know, Yishmal was bothering Yitzchak. He was torturing Yitzchak. He was abusing Yitzchak. The other way, Yitzchak was Gvura and Rivka was the exact opposite. She was the Ezer Kenegdai. She helped Yitzchak by not being like him. She was very different than him. She represented absolute chesed, just tremendous kindness and affection. And that's what the stories of the Chumash show. Avram Avinu's Hachnasas Archim is replicated in the next, in two, in the next parasha by, by Rivka. In the beginning of Ayer, Avram Avinu has this open tent and everybody is invited and everybody is welcome and he sees these three Bedouin Arabs and he just graciously runs over to them and bows down and the next moment they're in, the, they're in his tent, they're reclining under the tree, he's running, he got them water and he, he got them the best meat and the best mustard and the best tongue and the best yogurt and the best cream and the best milk. He nurtures them, he... he he nourishes them, he sustains them, he speaks to them, he brings with them. And the same scene happens again riff by Rivka, right? The Eliezer is thirsty and his men are thirsty and the camels are thirsty. They just went on a long trip from Canaan, from Eretisral to Mesopotamia, to Haran, at the border of, of Turkey and Iraq. We still have the city today, it's called Haran. Haran, it's, it's one of the cities that we know for sure. It's the ancient biblical city that still literally has the same name, and he goes there. And Rivka, of course, 
is by the well and just without thinking. She doesn't complain, you know, he asks her for a favor and she graciously, she doesn't tell him to do it and she doesn't say, you know, I'm not going to be used, I'm not going to be manipulated. <laughs> hey, take the barrel, do it yourself, you guys are strong. She's just, she, she, she loves love. She loves giving. She loves kindness. That's Rivka. Rivka is, is the daughter-in-law of Avram, but in many ways she's, she's literally the rep, replica of Avram. And she's the perfect soulmate for, for Yitzchak, who's, who's Gvura. That's what the Zayar says. Opposites attract is not just a, an English expression. It literally says in the Zayar HaKadosh. That's Ezer Kenegdai. The Ezer is Kenegdai from, from being different. This doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to always be different. Doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to always disagree. Doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to be opposite. But it means that sometimes the greatest relationships are those where people who are different from each other learn to respect each other and everybody gets to broaden their horizons. Laharchiv et ha'ofakim. Harizantin, to, to expand the harizantin in Yiddish. Your horizons, your hashkafas, your perspectives by creating space for the other person. So you become a better person. It's sometimes hard. Ezer Kenegda is difficult, but that's what challenges you and makes you the best person possible. It makes you the person you're capable of becoming. So we have here this paradox. The desire points out Avram Chesed and Yitzchak Gvura and Sarah Gvura and, and Rivke Chesed. And then you have Yaakov, who is the fusion of Avram and Yitzchak, Midas Harach, Midas Teferis. But why was it set up this way? Why is this the foundation of Jewish history? And the answer is, the Balatanya writes, and in many other Svarim, Sifri Chesidus especially, Talmidi HaBashamtev, because the foundation is always chesed, the foundation is always love. In Zoyer it says, Leis pulchana kapulchana derechemusa, there's no avoida like the avoida of love. The Zoyer says, chesed ozilim kuli yoimen, the midas chesed must accompany all the other midas. In other words, every mid has to be based on attachment, on connection, on av. But you can't stop there. We can't stop with Avram. You need Yitzchak. Because love needs boundaries. Because when the love is infinite, and it extends and extends and extends ad infinitum, and there's no boundaries, then suddenly that love can ultimately foster destruction. If Avram Avinu's love has literally no boundaries, so then ultimately the love itself can be destroyed through the love, right? If I just love everybody and everything and I only see the good, then I can allow criminals to prosper. I can allow injustice to take root. I can allow abuse to endure. At some point, I have to cut off. I have to create boundaries. I have to say, this is wrong. This is unacceptable. I have to be able to reject certain behaviors. That's the concept of Gvur. It always has to begin with Ahava. It has to begin with Chesed. Because if not, the Gvur can become destructive. It could become cruel. It could become judgmental. It could become selfish. But if there's no Gvur whatsoever, and the Ahava extends and extends in its sense, sometimes it just extends so much. <laughs> like, you know, the Big Bang, if it would go too fast, everything would just dissolve back into nothingness. <laughs> So you have to have those boundaries. The Gemara says in Chagiga that when Hashem created the world, it was expanding and expanding and expanding, which is fascinating because modern science basically has developed the same idea just in our generation until Hashem said, die. Omar loy He said, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> expanding too fast. There's not going to be anything left. That's Midas Hagvura, right? Boundaries. That's the name Shindalad Yud. Shindalad Yud. Die. Shedai. Dayenu. Enough. Enough. Amalai lamai die. 
Why am I sharing this with you today? Because this is so important in life. Each of you parents are so filled with love. I know it. (laughs) I see you. We know you're filled with love. You're saturated with affection. You have so much warmth. You give your children so much love. And uh, that love extends more and more and more. What I want to talk to you today about is the opposite. The boundaries that you need. The boundaries that we all need. You want to be so giving. You want to be so generous. You want to be kind. You want to be nice. But you also need boundaries. The boundaries are not here because you don't love enough. The boundaries are here to protect your love, to protect your health, to protect your integrity, to protect your sacred space, to be able to create walls that are healthy, what do they say? Good fences, good neighbors make. What did the Kotzker say? The Kotzker Rebbe. You could all translate it on your own as you wish. But the basic translation is if I am I because you are you and you are you because I am I. I am not I and you are not you. But if I am I because I am I and you are you because you are you, then I am I and you are you. And now we can begin to shmuas. That last sentence is my addition. Now we can begin dialogue. Those boundaries, those gvulim as they're called, are important. You have it in halacha, it's called chaymas Yerushalayim, the walls of Yerushalayim. You couldn't take out a carbon outside of those walls of Yerushalayim. Let's say the carbon Pesach, right? If you took it out of the walls of Yerushalayim, nifsel biyotze, the carbon becomes disqualified. You couldn't take maiser sheni outside of Yerushalayim if it was brought in. Why? Because there's kedushas mechitzes, it's become sanctified in this space, and by taking it out, you contaminate its energy. You defile its energy. And it's very real. The Kedusha is very real. So you take out certain holy things. They have to remain in the confinements of Yerushalayim. Because if I take them Michutzla Yerushalayim, Nifsal B'yotzeh, it becomes this quality and you have to burn it. You can't eat it. You have to burn it. Because there's a very confusing energy over there. And it's true with every single person. There are moments when we say, Prosestesh of Yerushalayim. Right? Yerushalayim should just be in the open. In Shiloi, for example, when the Mishkan was in Shiloi, there were no mechitzes. You can eat the karbanas as far as you want. There was no limits as long as you could see the Mishkan in Shiloi. That's because of the uniqueness of Yosef HaTzadik, the Gemari Masech Tezvachim, about Yosef Kuftas, and it's not for this year. But Yerushalayim was different. Yehuda was different. Haisa Yehuda Lekatshay. Yehuda was different. You have to know. You have to know when does the void of Yosef, when is the void of Yehuda? The void of Yehuda... <coughs> The void of Yosef is you can go to Mitzrayim. Yosef had no walls. You can go to Mitzrayim. And in Mitzrayim, you get to see the image of Yaakov. And we all need that balance of chesed and gvura. Very, very important balance. But it's also true in every person's individual life. What does that mean in your life? Only you know. Only you know. I can't tell you. Of course not. But I want to give a few examples, a few illustrations that may be helpful for you in your lives. You know, sometimes parents have shared this with me. They feel guilty. They want to remain till the end of a simcha. You want to remain till the end of the mitzvah tans, But it's four in the morning. But you know your child's schedule. You know your children's schedule. You know your child's needs. And you know that if you remain till the end of the simcha, who's going to suffer the next day? You and your child. You may not have the kachis. You may not have the stamina. To take care of this child, you need to be in maximum health. You can't. You can't afford to be exhausted 
Other people could sleep in the next day. Other people don't have the same situation that you have. You need to respect your circumstances. You need to respect the life that the Rebbeinu Shalom gave you. And you can't compare yourself to other people. And the reason you can't compare yourself to other people is because we are all born as originals. Even though so many of us die as copies. But we're not supposed to die as copies. Everybody has a different life. Everybody has a different nature, different nurture, different dispositions, different challenges, different gifts, different opportunities, different blessings, different setbacks, different mistakes. And different things we're confronted with. No marriage has the same challenge like any other marriage. No family has the same types of children. And no children are alike. And it's so important for you to respect your life. Because if you're not going to respect it, nobody else could respect it. You have to know what you're capable of. And mothers, you have to know what you're not capable of. Just like you have to know how to say yes, you also have to be able to know how to say no. Not because you're selfish but because you can't say yes if you don't know how to say no. Only those who know how to say no know how to say yes. Because if you don't know how to say no, and you're always saying yes, ultimately, you may become a shmata, and you can't, there's no yes anymore, there's no person anymore. You won't be able to give if there's nobody left. So it's so important for you to be able to create boundaries. You can't go to every place. You can't respond to every, every invitation. Most important thing is to maintain your health. And to see your body, your physical self as sacred. What does the Zohar says? Gufa de lohin kadisha. The gufa naid is halik. Nurturing your guf, your body, is not an evil. It's not even a necessary evil. It's a mitzvah. The Rambam writes in Hilchis Day is Perik Dalad. The Laws of Ethics, chapter 4. Hey, I quote the Rambam's words. The body being healthy and wholesome is one of the ways of Hashem, the ways of serving Hashem, of connecting to Hashem. Don't feel guilty for taking care of your mental health, of your physical health, making sure you're in the position where you could be the best father and the best mother possible. This is so important. You know, sometimes you can only stay at a simcha for five minutes. Of course you would love to stay for four hours. But you have to know what's happening in your home, what's happening with your health, what's happening with a special child, and whose expenses there's going to be. We have to stop living a life where we have to be yoytzeh for everybody. You can't be yoytzeh for everybody. It doesn't work that way. And you know what? If the grandmother or the aunt or the grandfather doesn't understand, I feel bad that they cannot tune into your life and have more empathy. But you cannot sacrifice your well-being, your spouse's well-being, your special child's well-being, or special children's well-being, and your other children's well-being, just because a neighbor or a relative or a sister-in-law or a great aunt is simply clueless. Maybe you can explain it to them. Maybe not. Maybe they're not ready to hear. You know, somebody told me, that somebody, it was a couple, they were struggling with something, and they couldn't stay till the end of a particular simcha. And somebody was upset. Somebody was upset with them. I said, try to explain to them what you're going through. They couldn't hear. Okay, they couldn't hear, but you respect yourself. You need Yitzchak. You need Gvura. You need some of the, of the, of the flavor, of the ingredients of Sari Menu, of Yitzchak, who was, of course, Sarah's Ben Yachidl. He was mom's boy. <laughs> the mama's azun. I hope you. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Maybe you have to go into the simcha for five minutes, and you give the chassan a big hug, or in the lady section you give the kala a big embrace, 
and you give a genuine mazel tov, and you mean it with your heart and soul, but you know that you have to go home now. You know, sometimes your friends want to go out, and it's wonderful, but you know your schedule, and you know what your children need, and you know what that outing is going to look like. Maybe it's going to be great, but if it's too stressful for you, if it's too overwhelming for you, you have to be able to say, you know, I have to go, or I really will not be able to make it today. And if these are real friends, the first definition of real friends is that they try to tune into your needs. And if not, maybe you need other real friends. <laughs> really, maybe you need other real friends. Maybe <laughs> if it's people who cannot relate to what you're going through. You know, I was once talking for couples struggling with infertility, and, and one of the women was saying, you know, her classmates love to go out, but all they talk about at lunch, you know, is their babies growing up, which is amazing, and babysitting and carriages and, and you know, daycare and pre one uh, baby care for the children and how the children are developing. And she says, it's just heartbreaking for me. It's heartbreaking for me. Now, the women don't mean bad. It's a cl- classmates, and they're just talking about what's on their mind. Their Nashim Tzedkani is raising the future of, of, of the Jewish family. But I told her, you, you have to respect yourself. You have to respect that pain. You know, and if they're very close to you, they'll understand. And you could say, you know, I, I love you guys, and I, and I hope you have the amazing life, but it's just very difficult for me. And if they can't understand that, so then maybe you don't have to go out with them. You know, you could be, for half the week, be friendly and nice and kind to everybody, but you have to know who you could talk to about what's going on in your heart. Not everybody you can talk to. Which brings me to the next point when it comes to this, uh, to this area. And, and I'm, and I'm going to get emphasized. I'm not telling you what your boundaries are, but you have to tell yourself what your boundaries are. And there's so many different illustrations and examples, but respect them. Yes, yeah, sometimes we go beyond our boundaries. Sometimes we transcend our comfort zone, but just know, do it from a place of choice. Do it from a place of empowerment. You may say, yes, I, have to, I want to be up till three in the morning. This is my sister. This is my brother. This is my niece. I love her. Tomorrow's going to be a hard day, and I have to make these and these arrangements. Fine, but just do it from a place of clarity, awareness, of choice. Not that you fall into it because of social pressure and social conformity. You have too much on your plate not to respect your identity, your distinctive mission, your boundaries, the question of life is not what Hashem asks of him or of her, but Hashem asks of you. I want to show up to my life. I can't show up to your life. It's a beautiful word from the Baal Shem Tov. I think even from the Shalah before. Right? Who's a person? Who's a giber? Somebody who conquers his, his own... His own Yetzirah. So the Baal Shem Tov said, said HaKoyvish is HaYetzir. Somebody who conquers the Yetzirah. Says, no, 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 no. That's not a Gibber. It's easy for me to conquer your Yetzirah. You know why? I don't have your challenges. Ezo Gibber HaKoyvish is Yetzirah. I got to deal with my stuff, not with your stuff. Bdikas <laughs> Chametz, I don't do in your pockets. I do in my own pockets. Bdikas Chametz, I don't do in your home. I do in my home, right? It's a vision of Tzavart. Kol Malkam Sheh Machnissim Bay Chametz Ein Tzarech Bdikah. Well, you don't bring in chametz, you don't have to do b'dikas chametz. I didn't bring in chametz to your pockets. I brought in chametz to my home. That's where I have to do b'dikas chametz. In other words, I have to take responsibility for my life. I have to ask myself, how can I clean up my life? How can I remove my chametz, my ego, my insecurity, my shells, my issues, my toxins from my life? That's the only question. Ma'ashem alekecha shayel me'imach.
Which brings me to another element of gvura and discipline is, and that is responding to people's comments. I know that all types of people make all types of comments to you. When they see the child, when they don't see the child, in shul, in the supermarket, in the store, in the grocery, at a simcha, in a hall, at an event. People make all these types of comments on Shabbos, on Yom Tif. Sometimes you know right away, they simply don't get it. And you know what? <laughs> they don't get it. You can even be happy for them. They don't get it. Thank you. They don't get it. They don't have this challenge. And they just don't get it. They don't understand. Just realize that. Many of them are trying to be nice. <laughs> they're trying to give you chizuk, but they're saying exactly the opposite of what you need to hear. And it gets people angry. You know, it triggers you. You know, you come home, you tell your wife, you tell your husband. It's like, why would she say such a thing? The answer is, she's clueless. <laughs> He's clueless. They just don't understand. Some people just don't get it. They don't... It's, it's with everything. You know, people who haven't gone through certain experiences and certain struggles, they just don't understand it. You know how it is that people look at parents and how they're raising their children, and it's so easy to judge. Like, oh, she's a horrible mother, he's a horrible father. Do you know every, anything about their story? You know, maybe they're doing exactly what their child needs most. Maybe not, but maybe yes. Do you know? It's called ikhpatiyut. You have to cure. You have to ask the right questions. You have to be curious, inquisitive, most importantly. You have to be humble. You have to know how much you don't know. Previous Lubavitcher Rebbe de Rayatz once said, In nicht wissen seinen mit alle reich. You want to be wealthy? We're already wealthy when it comes to ignorance. When it comes to ignorance, we're all wealthy. <laughs> how much don't we know about life? How much don't we know about other people's brains, other people's experience, other people's challenges? You have to learn this in life. And sometimes you just got to smile and nod your head. You know, it doesn't pay to argue. The person doesn't get it. Okay, you're fine. Everyone has their milas, has their chesroinus. You're not going to go to them as the experts on your fate, on your destiny, on how to deal with your children. Smile. Sometimes they say something that's really, really off color. You know, you have to tell yourself, do I really have the mental space to get into a conversation? Can you just smile and say, thank you for sharing. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And mean it, mean it. This is all parts of boundaries. But you can't let every person's comment affect your choices in life. Feedback you get from people who understand, who care, who empathize, who want your best. That's who you get feedback from. That's the feedback you take seriously. Constructive criticism is wonderful. When it's coming from people you can look up to for feedback. That means they verstehen. They know. They have expertise. They care. It's not just enough to know here. You got to feel. They have empathy. And they want you to succeed. They forget in there. They're not just responding to their own discomfort. This is so important. So just, and you'll figure this out. And then, you know, and you learn just, people give comments, people give feedback, know what to take in, know what not to take in. When Yahushua sent the two spies to go visit Yericho, and spy on Eretz Yisrael so that the Jews should go in. Why was he not afraid that the same fiasco that happened 40, 39 years earlier with Moshe's spies are going to happen again? Well, he did send Kalev and Pinchas, two great people, according to Chazal. But he told them two words, I want you to be deaf. He sends deaf spies. Mepharshim say, how do you send a deaf spy? What's the worth of a spy if he can't hear anything that's going on? 
So there's different interpretations in Chazal, right? Make believe you're deaf, yeah? Or cheres from the word cheres. You should be potters that make earthenware, earthenware vessels. But there's another interpretation. Rashi says, make believe you're deaf. No. If I go and I'm a spy and I go like this, you know, people are going to believe me. <laughs> One of the interpretations is Yeshua says, when you want to conquer the promised land, you have to be able to feign deafness. You have to be able to know when to be deaf. You have to know when to listen to something and when not to listen to something. Trust me that any great person who ever tried to do anything great was criticized very heavily. And if they would not cultivate the art of feigning deafness, they wouldn't be able to survive. If every person who criticizes me or criticizes you, you would internalize and it turns over your kishkas and you can't sleep for a week, which sometimes happens to sensitive people. HSPs, highly sensitive people, they hear criticism and for two months they're thinking about it. So it's good that you're thinking about it. But if you internalize it to the point that you can't function, you have to learn the art of cultivating the art of feigning deafness. Good criticism from people who get it, adarab. But you have to know venye and venished. Here again, chesed must have the gvura. And then, there's something else I want to talk about. Again, it all goes under the same umbrella. And that is, you know the person who's going to tell you, oh, it's so hard. If you need help, just call me. <laughs> and what are you supposed to do? Call them 10 minutes later. I need help. Call them next day. I need help. You know, people say, if you need help, I'm here. Thank you. What is the, what's that supposed to mean? Somebody else calls you and says, you know what? I'm in this store shopping. I want to do the shopping for you for Shabbos. Send me a list right now. Okay. It's different types of people. Somebody says, Call me whenever you need me. What's that supposed to mean? 24 hours a day I should call you. 20 hours a day I should go. I can always use help. <laughs> then there's people who get it, you know. I'm just doing this for you. They don't ask questions. But there's other people who will ask you, how can I help you? And sometimes we're embarrassed. And I say to you, yeah, sometimes that's justified, you know. We're embarrassed to take favors. But I say, you have to protect your health, your children's health, and your well-being. And if you can use the help, don't be embarrassed. These are people who want to help you. They're good people. They say, how can I help you? Tell them. Tell them. Say, I really need somebody <laughs> to do shopping for me. The house is empty. I need somebody to do shopping. You know, I need to go out with my wife tonight. We, we, need, we need an hour walk. We need two hours just, just to download. Just a little downtime. Maybe you could babysit. Maybe your daughter could babysit. Maybe. I really need help. It's been a crazy week. It's Friday afternoon. Can you help me cook some food for Shabbos for us? Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. I'm talking about a real person who you know who cares about you, a reliable person, a fine person, who says, I want to help you. Don't tell them, we don't need any help. We're good. Baruch Hashem, everything is fine. And then you sit down on the couch and you're falling apart. And Shabbos comes in and you're shmata. And you can't be there for any of the kids. The kids need a father and a mother that's vibrant and healthy. It's so important and it's so hard. So when somebody's offering you to help, Zainish can martyr. Zainish is not a mitzvah to be a carbon chatas, a carbon asham, a carbon oila. It's not a mitzvah. Which brings me to my final point. And 
And that is, it's so important to work on the relationship between husband and wife in these situations. Today, it's so important that marriages are good. It's so important. Especially when there's a challenge in the house, when there's a difficult child, when there's a challenged child, when there's a special child. When there's friction in the marriage, it exasperates and increases the problem tenfold, because what allows a family to withstand challenges is when the husband and the wife are on the same page. When you create this cohesion, this achtos, you become a team, you create a fortress, and then any ball that comes your way, it may hurt, <coughs> but you can contain it because you're together. But the moment there's a breach in the wall, nifrit sabalayla, partsu alistim, <coughs> the moment there's a breach in the wall, now there's leaks. Now the children don't feel safe. The other children. Now you don't feel safe. And every curveball that comes just continues to break that wall and hurt the people behind the wall. Children need that wall. What's that wall? A husband and a wife that really get along with each other. Doesn't mean you always agree with each other. But it means you respect each other, you communicate with each other. Most importantly, you trust each other. You could support each other. You could rely on each other. Even if you sometimes have different perspectives. Together you can understand what the other children need, how we could show them the sensitivity they need. You could brainstorm for different solutions. Maybe you'll have different perspectives, but together... When there is trust and loyalty and camaraderie and bonding, when you're dedicated to each other, when I know I could lean on you a thousand percent and you can lean on me a thousand percent, when you're on one page in life, just everything becomes so much sweeter. Everything can be contained, can be dealt with. When you trust each other that you could cry on each other's shoulders, you can laugh on each other's shoulders, but you can talk, you can communicate. It's so important to take time for yourselves, even in all the chaos. Because that time is the neshama, nishmasenu, it's the neshama, it's the engine, it's the battery that allows you to keep it together for this child, for the other children, and for yourselves. I sometimes, you need gvur and you want to give and give, you have to pull back and say, we got to work on our communication. we got to work on our relationship. And finally, I know some people have shame. And I think it's so important to be able to meditate on this every day. You have given me a pure soul. And this child is a given toward you. What's the shame? What's the real shame? The shame that Hashem has given me a soul that has its challenges, that has its blessings, that has a unique mission in the world. And he entrusted us with polishing the soul. We sometimes take a look and say, oh, people are going to think we're a bad family. We're not a perfect family. Why I must have done so many averas to deserve this. Or who knows what they're going to say about our mishpacha. Or it means that we're a little different and we're a little weird. But this is all missing the point. <laughs> the point is that every soul is a chelik eloikami mal mamish. It's a piece of Hashem. That's what it is. Are you embarrassed with Hashem? Are you ashamed with a piece of Hashem? I don't think you should be. It's It has its mission. 
It has its unique challenges. And we don't always understand what and why and what's the destination and what's the purpose. But when you look at it, Hashem has given you a piece of Himself, a piece of His infinite light, for you to take care of it according to the best of your ability. Then the people around you will respond to your cues. You define how people look at your children. Don't let anybody else define how people look at your children. Yaakov mitosay shleima. Avram, the Gemara says, Yishmal came out of him. Yitzchak, Esav came out of him. The Balatanya says, because only chesed doesn't work. Only gvura doesn't work. Yaakov learned how to fuse the two. Mitosay shleima. His family was wholesome. You know why? Not because everybody else said so. <laughs> Not everybody held so much that Yosef was such a good kid. They called him the black sheep of the family. The brothers didn't appreciate him at all. But Yaakov didn't let anybody else define for him how to look at his child. Because he looked into the eyes of every child. And he genuinely believed, you are God's gift to humanity. And when you believe that, your child can believe that about himself or herself. And everybody else will just follow your cues. Thank you very much. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.